RTHK, the news at one with Vicky Wong. The headlines, MTR services on the Trunkono line are gradually resuming after its staff removed a faulty train that broke down this morning. A medical professor says Hong Kong is seeing a seasonal surge in COVID case numbers, but it's no cause for concern. And Financial Secretary Paul Chan says the government will be prudent in its, fin- in its fiscal spending as it looks for ways to boost economic recovery. Services on the MTR's Changkwano line were disrupted this morning when a train broke down, but the railway company said the faulty train had now been removed and services between Tilking Leng, Polam and Lohas Park stations are gradually resuming. Joanne Wong reports. The MTR Corporation says a train that had left Lohas Park experienced problems near Changkwano station at around 8.30 a.m. The safety system was triggered and stopped the train before it pulled into the station. The Fire Services Department conducted a rescue operation and railway officials said some 1,500 passengers had left the train to walk through the tunnel to Chunkwano Station. Two passengers felt unwell and were taken to hospital. Free shuttle bus services were provided and the railway company had also asked commuters to consider taking other means of transports. The chairman of LegCo subcommittee on matters relating to railways, Ben Chan, noted the incident happened not long after another train partially derailed in Yamate. He said the company should not only make sure trains are properly examined, but also review its evacuation procedures. The evacuation is under uh, control by the MTO's corporate staff. So I think it is uh, safe enough. But just uh, one month, two times uh, evacuation, the tunnels is uh, very serious. So I do uh, urge the MTR corporate to uh, reveal the evacuation measures and provide enough training to the staff. Of course, I think uh, the management uh, need to reveal and upgrade their management, especially for those uh, engineering work. Is it enough? And also the track up, is it enough? A medical expert says people should get a COVID booster if their last jab was received several months ago. Vijay Danasekaran, an associate professor from the University of Hong Kong School of Public Health, said there's a seasonal surge in case numbers as social interactions increase. But he said this is not a cause for worry at present. This is not due to any novel variant. These are just the regular variants which have been evolving, acquiring some mutations and escaping some immunity, which we acquired from the first type of vaccine, especially based on the earliest variants that have been circulating. Based on this, we have now seen the upgrade of new vaccine, the bivalent vaccine. And really, I think the best time, really the position in Hong Kong is really clear that the cases are rising, but it's not burdensome. Financial Secretary Paul Chan says the government will be prudent in its fiscal spending as it looks for ways to boost economic recovery. He told Alegco panel that the local economy is expected to shrink by 3.2% for the year, with the underlying inflation reaching 1.8%. He also warned that the city's deficit would hit $100 billion for this financial year, while fiscal reserves would fall to some $800 billion. Mr Chan acknowledged that people may be expecting to receive more cash assistance. Starting from Q3, we're seeing some recovery in the economy. But overall, the economy is still in a weak state. People are under pressure. In the days to come, we will listen to views in a humble manner. We will also be closely watching the economy and adapt to the changing circumstances. 
The DAB party says more should be done to enhance people's knowledge about menopause. The party's lawmaker, Elizabeth Quatt, said it surveyed some 1,200 middle-aged women between October and last month and found that over 65% did not seek treatment for menopause symptoms. Every woman will go through this process and go through this period. The problem that most of the Hong Kong women not talk about menopause or not seek help when they facing menopause problem is because there is some negative identity placed to uh, menopause women. This is the culture that we need to change. We urge uh, all the media not to badmouth about <laughs> menopause and to uh, give more positive information and um, and government provide more support to the women facing menopause. Turning to the mainland, the daily COVID-19 caseload on the mainland has dropped below 30,000 as authorities relaxed COVID restrictions. Frank Young reports. According to the National Health Commission, there were 4,247 locally transmitted and 25,477 asymptomatic infections on Sunday, excluding imported cases for a total of 29,724. Guangdong again accounted for the highest number of infections of all provinces and regions at more than 6,500. Meanwhile, authorities in various cities have begun a gradual rollback of restrictions. In Beijing, many businesses have fully reopened and commuters are no longer required to show a negative virus test taken within 48 hours to use public transport. Hangzhou has ended regular mass testing for its 10 million people, except for those living in or visiting nursing homes, schools and kindergartens, while supermarkets, hotels, restaurants and ski resorts have reopened in Urumqi. Meanwhile, the World Health Organization has warned that infection figures could surge on the mainland as a result of the relaxation of some COVID measures because the level of immunity is relatively low, especially among older people. The WHO's special envoy on COVID, David Nabarro, urged authorities to use whatever vaccines available to protect the elderly. A European Union embargo on Russian oil exports by sea is coming into force, as is a price cap on Russian crude shipped elsewhere. The measures have been greeted with disdain by the Kremlin, which says it will forbid Russian companies from selling oil under any cap. The BBC's Danny Eberhard reports. Western allies aim to squeeze Russia's ability to fund its war in Ukraine. Moscow depends heavily on oil revenues. The EU embargo bans imports of crude into the bloc by sea, while leaving some exemptions for countries such as Hungary, which depends on supplies of Russian oil via pipeline. A further EU embargo on refined oil products will come in in February. Separate to this is the $60 a barrel cap allies seek to impose worldwide, which they are urging other countries to endorse. They want to deny insurance to tankers carrying oil bought at prices that exceed the cap. The U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken has warned that Washington will oppose any actions by Israel's incoming government that undermine the prospect of a two-state solution. He said such policies would include further settlements in the occupied West Bank, annexation of the territory and disruption to the status quo of holy sites. It's feared that the far-right coalition being formed by Israel's Prime Minister-elect Benjamin Netanyahu is likely to pursue such policies. Iran's attorney general says the group of religious police who enforce the Islamic dress code have been disbanded. Mohammad Jafar Montazeri's comments follow months of protests triggered by the death of a young woman in their custody. The BBC's Siavash Ardalan reports. This is a potentially significant development as it makes the protesters feel like they have made an impact and forced the government to retreat. 
However, the announcement comes with many caveats. Firstly, that it wasn't even an announcement, rather an offhand remark by Iran's Attorney General, who is not part of the decision-making process on this issue. Secondly, the morality police effectively vanished after the death of Mahsa Amini in his custody, so nothing has changed on the ground. Thirdly, disbanding the morality police is one thing. Abolishing the law requiring women to wear a headscarf, which the morality police enforced, is another. A protester and a police officer are reported to have been killed after dozens of protesters stormed the governor's office in Syria's southern city of Sueda. The demonstrators from Syria's ethnic Druze community are angry at soaring inflation and government corruption. The BBC's Mike Thompson has been watching developments. It all began when around 200 protesters, angry over poor living conditions, gathered outside the Zuweda governor's office, chanting for Syria's President Assad to be overthrown. Hours later, the demonstrators began throwing rocks and tore down a large picture of the president before setting the governor's office ablaze. Amid an exchange of heavy gunfire, two people, one a security officer, were killed and four wounded. Zuweda province is the heartland of the Druze faith in Syria and has been largely neutral during the country's long civil war. But soaring prices and government corruption have brought tensions to the boil. Construction of the world's largest telescope is getting underway. The square kilometre array will be split between sites in Australia and South Africa. When it's completed in 2028, it will be the most sensitive telescope ever built and will enable scientists to look back to when the first stars in the universe were forming billions of years ago. It may even be able to find if there is life on planets other than Earth. It's the culmination of over 20 years of work. The BBC's Jonathan Amos has more details. So these are remote, arid areas. You can't use mobile phones in these areas, even if you could pick up a cell tower. And they are perfect locations to build the biggest radio telescope, but actually the biggest telescope in the world. So lots of dishes and antennas that look like Christmas trees. They're going to spread out over these areas over the next few years. And come 2028, we will have something quite remarkable, something highly sensitive to tell us some answers to the biggest puzzles in the cosmos. Russian officials say they've now found about two and a half thousand dead seals on the Caspian Sea coast in southern Russia. Experts have collected samples from the seals which will be analysed to establish how they died. Caspian seals have been classified as endangered since 2008. Sports news now and we begin with football. England have marched into the quarterfinals at the World Cup with a convincing win over Senegal. First half strikes by Jordan Henderson and Harry Kane and a third goal in Qatar for Bukayo Saka gave England a 3-0 victory and a last eight meeting with France. More from the BBC's John Bennett. Senegal made a confident start and had the best early chance when Boulay Gia got ahead of John Stones and forced an impressive save by England keeper Jordan Pickford. The Euros finalists looked to be in a real contest against the African champions. But then their quality came through in a lovely move for the opening goal. Out of nothing, Harry Kane found Jude Bellingham's driving run and his perfect pullback was finished by Jordan Henderson. Then in first-half injury time, Kane scored his first goal at this World Cup. Bellingham releasing Phil Foden to send the Tottenham striker clear and he made no mistake. England stepped it up even further second half as Senegal lost their composure and Bukayo Saka made it three after an excellent Foden cross. An impressive performance by Gareth Southgate's side. Their quarter-final against France could be something special. 
France defeated Poland 3-1 in a game that saw Olivier Giroud become the all-time top scorer of the French national team. The BBC's Mike McCarthy has more details. This World Cup has seen plenty of emerging stars, but for France it was the established names that were simply too much for Poland. Olivier Giroud struck in the first half, played in by Kylian Mbappe. His low shot saw him become France's all-time leading scorer in men's internationals, surpassing Thierry Henry. Then Mbappe took it upon himself to put the game to bed, finding one top corner, then the other in the final 20 minutes. His second strike clocked at 113 kilometres an hour. Poland caused problems but couldn't make the most of their big moments particularly when Shelinski and Kaminsky were denied on the line in quick succession with the score at nil-nil. Robert Lewandowski's stoppage time penalty was barely a consolation, though it does mean France still haven't kept a clean sheet at the tournament. That may give hope to future opponents, but they'll have to deal with the defending champion's stellar attack. Neymar is set to return to Brazil's lineup for tonight's last 16 match against South Korea. The PSG forward has recovered from an ankle injury picked up during Brazil's opening 2-0 win over Serbia. Also tonight, Japan are looking to reach the quarterfinals for the first time in their history. They're up against the 2018 finalists, Croatia. And finally, in the NFL, Jalen Hurts strengthened his MVP bid by throwing for 380 yards and three touchdowns, plus running for another score to lead the Philadelphia Eagles past the Tennessee Titans 35-10. to A.J. Brown caught two touchdown passes against his former team to help the Eagles improve their league best record to 11-1. and Elsewhere, the Minnesota Vikings beat the New York Jets 27-22 to improve to 10-2. and And in a repeat of last season's AFC Championship game, the Cincinnati Bengals again got the better of the Kansas City Chiefs, winning 27-24. Now for a look at the weather. Mainly cloudy, dry with sunny intervals in the afternoon. Cool tonight, moderate to fresh northerly winds, occasionally strong offshore. The outlook for the rest of the week for the rest of the week rather cool in the morning tomorrow sunny periods during the day becoming fine and temperatures rising gradually in the following few days right now at the observatory the temperature is 19 degrees relative humidity at 57% to end the news the top stories once again MTR services on the Chengkwano line are gradually resuming after its staff removed a faulty train that broke down this morning. A medical professor says Hong Kong is seeing a seasonal surge in COVID case numbers, but it's no cause for concern. And Financial Secretary Paul Chan says the government will be prudent in its fiscal spending as it looks for ways to boost economic recovery. The news from RTHK. The Brew with Phil Whelan on Radio 3. Don't mess it up, mess in your head. Cause this time no roses will do.
desperately, desperately, oh-oh And I want the world to see, world to see That I would lose my sanity for you, baby, you, baby, oh-oh For you, baby Three and die of a broken heart. Well, it's 19 minutes past one for a Monday afternoon, 10 minutes or so, even less. Off to Vietnam to catch up with Neil Runciman as we do on a Monday afternoon. This is Duran Duran and Skin Trade. 